when you are meditating from a scientific point of view, there's this call, uh, called uh, dopamine, which is a feel-good hormone. You feel very good, feel very happy. And that happens when you're happy. Anyway, in happy situations, this hormone starts, uh, you know, going throughout the body, and this is very healthy for the body as well. Now, that is on the science part of it, but on a deeper, on a spiritual level, we are getting in touch with ourselves. It is nothing but just joy and peace. So that's what happens during meditation. Your mind gets relaxed, and you get in touch with that spirit, which is very like a, like a reservoir, you could say, and uh, you feel so blissful when getting in touch with that reservoir. Hello and welcome to It's a Journey podcast. How are you healing today? Your host Stephanie Nadu welcomes guests from different parts of the globe with professional expertise in health and holistic wellness. Holistic means physical, emotional, social and spiritual well-being. So what do all of our guests have in common? It's their dedication to help us with our healing journey and personal development. Let's dive into this new episode with our special guest and explore the answers in order to continue our personal journey's exploration towards healing and self-love. Raja Sadasivam is a practitioner of yoga and a fan and advocate of meditation. He has been a yoga instructor and certified meditation teacher of the Art of Living Foundation programs for the past 13 years, both locally and overseas. Raja is involved in youth programs, including Yes by the Art of Living, the Art of Living Happiness program, as well as various mental well-being programs. Most recently, he provided the Happiness program to migrant workers in Singapore. In addition to being a meditation instructor, Raja is a commercial pilot and an aircraft trainer. He says his meditation practice helps him handle the extreme stress that comes with his daily occupation. Lastly, Raja is passionate about the environment and bringing goodness to society. Raja is a husband and father of two children. In this second episode, I will be talking to Raja about meditation. Our topic today is effortless meditation, starting a Sahaj Samadhi practice. Hello Raja, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Hello Stephanie, it's uh, my pleasure and honor uh, to be part of this uh, program. Thank you once again for, uh, for organizing this. It's so- nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. So today, um, our theme is effortless meditation, a Sahaj Samadhi practice. So first, I would like to ask you, um, what was your journey that led you to where you are now um, as an art of living teacher while having a career as a commercial pilot and aircraft trainer? When I was uh, growing up, um, I had a I had a wonderful time. I mean, I'm still having a wonderful time, but at you know, when you're much younger, there's a lot of freedom, friends, family, so much of love. Um, however, as I started going to school, you know, there was a lot of conditioning. As I was growing up, a lot of things would start coming in, you know, relationships, situations, you know, exams, um, you know, you need to perform. I understood that. I accepted it for a period of time, but it was not so nice. But I also realized that I have to do something about it. I needed to get the grades for a better lifestyle. And this, this is what I was told. So I kind of uh, was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And I was one of those students who's, you know, not 
really doing so well, you know, like my friends who just work 40%, 50%, and then they get they get all the top grades and all that. Whereas for me, I had to work very hard. So uh, in, in this process, I, I found that there was a lot of stress that was developed and it affected my work and my career. At the same time, I was doing well in, as I was advancing. I found that I was not getting any you know, um, happiness out of this. You know, I was postponing my happiness. It was just a pursuit of happiness. So in this process, it affected my health, uh, my performance. Uh, it also affected my relationship. I started becoming a very introvert person and depression definitely set in. Um, I was looking out for uh, things to do. And fortunately, I was able to understand what I was going, what I was going through and I wanted to take action. So I tried many things, uh, sports, exercise, which were really good, even drinking as well. But these are all fine. You know, they, they definitely helped me out. But however... I went back home alone and feeling that I was not, you know, getting somewhere. There was some, some emptiness. So uh, someone told me about this uh, meditation. Someone told me about yoga. So I wanted to give it a try. This was one of the things that I tried out. So when I went into it, I realized that I needed to practice. I felt good on the first day and the second day. But I know that I had to do something about it to continue. So I continued with the practice. And from there, slowly my health improved, uh, my, my esteem improved, my confidence improved. And um, also working in an environment with being a pilot, demanded, that was very demanding as well. So this just came in very nicely. So as I was practicing, it just complemented to whatever that I was doing, particularly flying as well, you know. So um, I'll, I'll, I can talk more about this, but this is how my journey started off with. So as I was practicing and getting a lot more involved in it, eventually I became a facilitator and became a teacher uh, after that. Then again, this was part-time and full-time work I have, uh, as you know, as a, as a pilot. But uh, both of this have been you know, very good and have been really balancing up well with my life and uh, being very happy and much more healthier after mm. my meditation and as an art of living. And um, when did you graduate? When did you become a teacher? That's uh, that was the year two zero zero six, I would say. Yes, two zero zero six. I became an art of living teacher. But prior to that, in the nineteen ninety five itself, I started practicing. So it's more mm -hmm. than uh, ten years. I was a practitioner. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I got called up to be a, a teacher, and I was uh, trained by uh, the art of living uh, teacher Guruji. We call him Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. He's the founder of the art of living organization. Mm -hmm. So uh, this this organization is wonderful. It's 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 very um, I would say very traditional. So and it's also also a very systematic approach uh, and proper guidance were there. So yeah, I just stuck by it uh, with practicing and uh, here I am as an Arabic teacher. Yeah, teaching uh, pranayams, yoga, and more importantly, my favorite being a meditation teacher as well. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So why is meditation so powerful? When we say powerful, one of the things, the most powerful part of the organ, one of the powerful parts of an organ we can say is, is, is the brain, you know, coming to the brain. Mm -hmm. With the brain, you know, it's important for our life to move on forward in life, achieve some things. Why? Because learning takes place um, at the same time, you know, we perceive things, logical thinking, memory plays a part. All of these functions are part of the brain, you know, the mm -hmm. mind as well, you know, we're thinking, we're seeing things and all that. So there are different uh, areas of the brain, you know, especially the frontal uh, 
cortex, we have the hippocampus, amygdala. Why did I mention all of this? Because these are all the functions that I mentioned about, about having a good memory, being alert, being aware, uh, emotions, uh, regulating our emotions as well. So this play a very important part. Now, however, having said that, and we, you can actually check this out under neuroscience, uh, mm -hmm. the facts has shown that, that uh, the brain does decay over a period of time, especially when the age of 27. After the age of 27, it actually decays about 5% um, every decade, you know, after 27, every decade it goes 5%. And, and, the part, and the part of this is that it actually decays further the, at a very much more faster rate when you are in a very highly stressed situation or you're becoming very negative. Negative meaning to say like, okay, let's jump in and let's start gossiping or complaining or talking bad about someone or being angry or being very fearful. These are all negative uh, virtues and things that may come about in our lives. So when, that, when we are in that situation, it impedes uh, the brain development further. It kind of like erases off. So the brain kind of shrinks further uh, at a faster rate when you are in that situation. Now, what do the neuroscientists do? What do the doctors do? Can you go for a surgery? Can you, you know, take care of it? Can you take medication? No, the answer is no. The best way is the mind is, the mind has to be in a very relaxed condition. That's what they say. So what, how do we take care of this relaxation? How to keep the mind relaxed rather is through meditation. They found that meditation is the key to actually reverse or impede or stop uh, not only the brain to decay, it actually grows the brain, so to speak. So that is one fact about this. Now, now that's one area. The other thing is that when you meditate, what happens, Stephanie, is that um, we actually get into the spirit, the source. Now, when you are meditating from a scientific point of view, there's this call, uh, called uh, diapamine, which is a feel-good hormone. You feel very good, feel very happy. And that happens when you're happy anyway. In happy situations, this hormone starts, uh, you know, going throughout the body. And this is very healthy for the body as well. Now, that is on the science part of it. But on a deeper, on a spiritual level, we are getting in touch with ourselves. It is nothing but just joy and peace. So that's what happens during meditation. Your mind gets relaxed and you get in touch with that spirit, which is very like a, like a reservoir, you could say. And uh, you feel so blissful when you get in touch with that reservoir. It's as simple as that. And when you come out during meditation, you feel good after a period of time. When you come out of the meditation, this energy level, this happiness stays without throughout the day. But of course, you know, we go about, we're picking up stresses and all that. So we need to practice meditation over a period of time to maintain this happy thing with, uh, within, that is within ourselves. So that is the thing I would say about why meditation is so powerful. And, and uh, apart from that, health improves, mental health improves, and invariably your body health as well improves. That's uh, what I would say much about the uh, powerfulness of meditation. Thank you. Um, so I was blessed to be one of your students. Um, so the Saj Samadhi um, course I took at the Art of Living in Singapore in 2017 uh, changed my life. So can you tell um, our listeners more about the Saj Samadhi practice and then what is special about it? Uh -huh. Yeah, sure, Stephanie. I'm glad that, you know, um, that impacted your life, like how it did for me as well when 
and I started doing the uh, practice as well. Now, something that is very ancient is very powerful as well, very good. You know, it's nothing, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, you know, when, when you have say, something very old, you know, sometimes it's a very outdated thing, but not for this case. This is something that is tried and tested. The menstrual generations, uh, this thing has been brought down. And India has been, uh, you know, producing wonderful uh, or introducing a wonderful thing called the yoga, you know, as you know, the many things that they, at different parts of the world people gave out, but India particularly gave out this wonderful thing called uh, yoga pranayams and even meditation all right so all of this has been really nicely packaged and tried and tested and has been handed down and it is well one of the important aspects of this sahaj samadhi meditation it's ancient technique and the technique is very important you need to have a proper technique now sahaj Samadhi itself is uh, is a Sanskrit word, and the word Sanskrit is no longer used in the world as, as a conversation. That tells you that it is an ancient technique. So Sahaj means something that is effortless. And, and the other thing is Samadhi means something that is balanced or at rest. Okay. Now, the mind, the second thing that you need to know is that you need to understand that before you meditate, there must be a proper technique, and there must be a, a, a proper, what I would say is... Uh, Guidance as well. Guidance mm -hmm. is so important. So three things. Let me recap that. First of all, you need to have a technique. Um, you need to have an understanding of the mind. And also you need guidance. So all of these three coming together will allow one in going into meditation properly because it's an inward journey as well. Now, what happens is, you know, we have an effect on the sound. I mean, the body has an effect on the sound. All right. Or uh, the mind also has got an effect on the sound. For example, I said, Stephanie, you're looking so beautiful. You are a beautiful girl. You're wonderful. You know, so lovely. When you hear these words itself, you, you put a, puts a smile on you. Your mind has, said, has, a, has got an effect on that. Versus if I were to say, stupid, rubbish. Mm. You know, this word has got an effect on our mind as well, mm. the consciousness. So a simple words like that just has got an effect on us. Just imagine a potent word, uh, which we call it as a mantra. A mantra is a positively charged word. And uh, it has got meaning to it, but the meaning really doesn't matter. It is the sound that, that when, when we take it, it brings us into meditation very easily. Now, the mind itself is you know, always oscillating. That's why I mentioned earlier, you need to understand the mind. So we will go through that in the course, in the Sahasamadhi course, or the understanding of the mind. Once you understand that, then it becomes easier for you to meditate because if not, you have many thoughts. Why meditation? What's happening to me now? Why, it's, why is this going on? What is this sound? So all of this will be explained so that you have the knowledge. Once you have the understanding intellectually, then we will experience meditation through the proper guidance. And what happens during that time is your mind, you know, mind goes into the calm state. And at the same time, it releases a lot of stresses that we have picked up, impressions, thoughts will be there. So it just calms the mind. At the same time, you go into that very blissful state, as I mentioned about the reservoir, it feels so good and you come out feeling very nice as well. So how is that done? It is done uh, through this guidance. And it's spread over three days, two hours each day. Yeah. So that's what Sahaj uh, Samadhi meditation is about. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so comments I get um, over and over from, from people when I say that I, I do meditate every day. They say, oh, I've tried meditation. It didn't work. So I just gave up. So what advice would you have for them 
um, to succeed with that practice. And if you could tell me also if there is um, um, the right time to, to meditate, how long we should meditate for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all these wonderful questions. Um, so this thing is important uh, was, as I was just talking about, the experience of the meditation. First of all, is for myself, let me, let me start off with myself, because when I started sitting for meditation, I did not like it. Why? Because I could not sit properly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person who sits in, in a cross-legged position or sit in a chair for too long. Why? Because the mind goes berserk for after a period of time. I've got so much of things to do as well. Why am I just sitting still? I can sleep as well. So this was my initial thoughts, my initial experience. But again, as I was telling you, the technique is very important and the guidance um, is, is required. Proper guidance is required. Now, the important part was the experience I got of, out of this, Stephanie. The experience I got is uh, I had a very wonderful feeling. I had mental clarity. All my problems and all of these things that were there, those things moved away. In fact, my problems became very small. So I felt very blissful. I felt very nice. That was already on the second and the third sitting I had. Then the teacher told me this, that you need to practice. So because of that bliss, the taste of, of that nectar that I had, I wanted to continue. So that propelled me to do this. So important, the person must have experienced some good things. Once you experience it, you want to continue doing this. This is one aspect of it. Then the second thing is company plays a part. Uh, like what I do is normally for people who meditate after the three days, we keep in touch. Uh, mm-hmm. What we call is a good company, you know, and, and this could be in a WhatsApp group, but constantly giving in touch and nudging the person lovingly and saying that, okay, we got to meditate. I've done my meditation. Have you done it? So that keeps the practice going on. And it will normally last about a week after three, four days, or even 21 days at most, um, the person it, become, it becomes a part of the habit, just like how we brush your teeth and have a bath, which is a very important thing to do. So this also becomes an important part, an integral part of, you know, of your um, of uh, sitting for meditation. The third thing I would say is a lot of us, um, including myself, we find that, you know, we don't have time. You know, we've got other things to do. And that, and we get pulled up by other activities. That happens, and it happens at times also. But what happens is that I realize that when I get involved in my work or any other things, um, my energy level goes down. I get irritated, um, or I get my problems and challenges. I, be, I have become very tunnel vision, so to speak. So, um, and it gets stressed. And it affects my sleep, affects my day-to-day activities as well. So, what I did was okay. Let me try out meditation just for a few days. And when I've, I found that after meditating, that things got better, you know, I was able to come up with solutions and all that. So I found that this sitting really made me productive. My day got longer, so to speak. Uh, so with all of this experience, I find that, okay, I got to put in meditation no matter what. Now, when can I do this? It, it is whenever you sit for meditation, there's no particular time. When you sit for meditation itself, is good. The only thing is that you shouldn't be sitting for a meditation when on a full stomach. That's what I say. For my case, I make it a point to do it at the start of the day so that I can I have the whole day to do many things. Uh, if for some reasons I'm not able to do it, I'll just do it just before lunchtime or go to a quiet corner, uh, go to my car uh, just to sit for 20 minutes. So 20 minutes a day, twice uh, is the best thing uh, when when you uh, as a practitioner for, for meditation. Mm, okay. 
Um, so earlier you were talking about um, stress, okay? That's, you know, um, happen in your job. And uh, as a commercial pilot, you are often away from home. Um, I saw you were, um, you had a, a very nice initiative, which was um, the happiness program for migrant workers here in Singapore. Um, so I think this is um, really lovely because these people are away from home and it's a lot of stress. Can you tell me about uh, the program and how did it work for these people? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful thing again here. This, this program um, entails Three, uh, three aspects of it, all right? One of it, as I mentioned, is yoga. Why do we use yoga? And I'll talk about this in a while. And we have the breathing technique, a very unique breathing technique, which we call as pranayama or kriya uh, in Sanskrit. And the last part of this is meditation. Now, the meditation itself can be done by, you know, just by sitting in. But you asked a very good question earlier on. I cannot sit for meditation. And that's what it does, this this yoga, which is basically a yogi, it's like stretching. You know, we do just stretching, but we do it in a very proper sequence with awareness. That's only different from an exercise or any other kind of stretching exercise. So once your body is, you know, really fully stretched, you, you prepare the body and form sitting for meditation. So all of this yoga stretches and the breathing technique, the breathing technique, what it does, it keeps the mind calm and improves the blood circulation. So when your body is ready, then you can sit in, or rather the mind is also, you know, coming into the readiness, it's just getting it ready for sitting for meditation. That's why we do these practices. Now coming to the dormitory workers, yes, it was tough of them. They Their job uh, is physically demanding, you know, for them. They do a lot of physical job. And during the quarantine period, during the situations where they were not allowed to go out, they were staying in the, in the dormitories. It was very tough on them. They didn't know what to do because they were working more than six, seven hours a day and, you know, coming back. And a lot of activities was going on. So that activity was removed. And once you sit in idle, that's when a lot of, things that frustrations bottom and even depression sets in. So we we identified that and we thought that we're going to give up this program. So with the help of a few volunteers and uh, teachers and facilitators who joined in, we did some programs with them and they were able to sit for meditation. And the result was really good. What did they say is that, that, that mental clarity started coming in. The anxiety of what is going to happen to them or how are they going to make the money, what's going to happen. And all of this was clear. And once they once that happened, the mind was already in the present moment. They had a, a sense of well-being. They felt they felt good anyway, just by sitting still. They were able to mm. do that. So this was one of the good things. Now, another thing, Stephanie, is when you sit still, when you're getting into that source, as I mentioned, it's nothing but positivity. You feel positive. It's just a reservoir of taking all the positive positivity inside you, and it just ex, you exude that. So it affects uh, you. You are happy with yourself, and when you open your eyes, you are happy with the environment, and you also created you create that positive uh, environment as well. So this is what happened, and they they kept calling us back as well. But right now, slowly things are picking up. But this was one of those times when this um, helped, and it was done both uh, online and offline. Uh, of course, with certain spacing and all that. But the results were, were really good, and, and they felt happy about this. That's what the name of the course is, happiness program. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's amazing. Um, okay, I have another question. That's my last question for you. And it's a little bit uh, more personal. I would like to know about your um, personal daily practice. Mm. Yes. So uh, my personal practice, 
uh, consists of those three things that I mentioned. It's yoga, which I actually do as a, a stretching, like sun salutation is one of it, and a certain sequence of uh, asanas. It's called asanas, actually yoga stretches in English, if you translate it. So when I do that, when I'm, so I, I spend about, uh, say, 20 minutes doing that. And after that, I get into doing the breathing technique, which is pranayama. And uh, that actually increases my oxygen level and my energy level as well and preparing myself for the meditation. So Kriya is known as a, a cleansing technique. Pranayama and Kriya, uh, Kriya literally means cleansing, cleansing your body. All right. So cleansing your body by removing the, the toxins and improving the blood circulation and increasing the oxygen level, which is a good thing. All right. Then after that, I sit for meditation, for Sat Samadhi meditation for 20 minutes. And all in all, it takes about two hours, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, I have to do my second meditation, which is the later part of the evening. So I spend another 20 minutes just to a bit of walk. After a walk or just do an alternate nostril breathing, and I just do this uh, excess, I mean, the uh, meditation part of me. Now, what it does for me, uh, and I like to elaborate now, maybe this is the time, maybe, as I mentioned, that and my health improved when I was much more younger. I was like very hard on myself, trying to be a Mr. Perfect and uh, trying to get to do things. So um, the stress level obviously built up in me. And when the stress level built up, uh, I was not able to have that awareness or do many things at, at hand. So as a result, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, it was not good. My and, and of course, it affected my relationship with my peers, colleagues, uh, even even family members as well. So it was not a nice thing as well. So there, as a result, I started having some problems with my uh, thyroid. It affected. And what you can see here, I mean, if you can see my hands, was like moving very violently. I mean, not very violently, but it was shaky at a very young age. Uh, I don't know whether it's still shaking up, but it is, but it's not as bad as before. Mm-hmm. So uh, the doctors uh, said that I had to uh, go for a surgery for my thyroid mm-hmm. gland, you know. So, and of course, I didn't go take that part. I, I took it, the meditation. And uh, again, the the aspect of it, as I mentioned, right, it kept my mind calm and the blood circulation improved, my health improved, and I felt very happy within myself. So, and as a result, when you're happy and, and when the mind is clear, everything starts working out, you know, not that the problems went away, not that the challenges gone away, they are still there. Life gives you a lot of things, but I'm able to handle them and see it as a bigger picture. And I will attribute this uh, quality uh, from meditation because the awareness improved and the mind was in the, the mind becomes comes to the moment actually so was does that mean that um i cannot plan i cannot do do things yes you can but if your mind is in the present moment you are you become a greater planner become more productive because you see things uh, in a different light you know in a bigger picture if you know what i mean yeah. So I, I give an example at the last time, but I will say this again, and I'm, I'm going in a flight and this happens um, and I didn't have enough sleep. So it affects me. I go into the cockpit and I have a captain there and the captain has started shouting at me because he's had a bad day. And I've, you know, I need to fly to say to Charles de Gaulle to France, you know, it's a long flight. And when I'm flying there, I have my mother who is flying with me and I'm, you know, not having a good time. Suddenly the, the, the flight crew comes in and said, your mother is not well. She's having a, some problems. Oh, you know what happens? My stress level goes up and I have to fly the plane. 
All right. And in the process of uh, giving this information, I got coffee that spilled over and all that. So it's affecting the environment as well. And the captain is shouting at me. And I have an engine failure. You know, so many things that are happening. So what is going to happen to my mental state is definitely going to be very in a, in a very highly stressed situation. This is what we call as a flight and fight situation. So I become very tunnel vision. Um, I get very edgy. I can't make proper decisions. It affects me. Now, now this is, if I don't meditate, if not a meditator, I may get into an accident or an incident that may happen. But because I have had been in a similar situation like that, before med- being a meditation and after meditating, I realized that when I was in a very stressful situation, I was able to come back quickly, become more aware, step back and see that, okay, now I'm in this state right now. I need to take care of myself. So all of this, where does this come from? This thing comes from because of meditation. I didn't learn it from the school, but something that came about in keeping that awareness and keeping that calmness came about as a result of meditation. I wouldn't have had the situation of being that state many years ago at the age of 27 and 25. I'd be more very hyper. And I was a hyper person, but right now I'm I'm not that person anymore. So, so I don't know whether I told too much, but this is yeah, this is my own personal uh, um, experience uh, on, and and that's when I I started um, professing that meditation is the key, and very helpful in your life. Yes. Mm. Thank you so much, Raja, for sharing your experience and for sharing your your enthusiasm about uh, yoga and meditation. It was really nice to talk to you today. Same here, Stephanie. Thanks for that opportunity. So wonderful. And I hope uh, that a lot of people hearing this, you know, will give meditation a chance. It's it's something it's it's something not uh, it's a necessity it's no longer like a luxury or it's no longer for the old people but it's a it's a very cool thing and uh and and something very beautiful that will be added on to your life do yeah. check it out yeah Thank absolutely you. either a first chance or a second chance <laughs> you can learn more about raja at rajaratnam.sadasivam on facebook To find out about Raja's upcoming meditation courses, visit the Art of Living Singapore website. All the links are listed below in the comment section on YouTube. Thank you to all our listeners and see you very soon for more on healing, self-love and your personal journey. Thank you for listening and for taking time for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast Share this episode with others on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch the latest from Ujwati, follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Ujwati. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.